Hello, and welcome to Midweek in the Word podcast, brought to you by Faith Bible in Lincoln, Nebraska. Every week, we strive to become better readers, hearers, and doers of God's Word. Look for us every Wednesday where you stream your podcasts. Here's our host, Faith Bible's Adult Ministries pastor, Brad Myers. Hello again, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Midweek in the Word. We're so glad you're taking the time to join us and that you're along for the ride. Um, Today, I'm excited because we're going to be continuing our series, Bearing Witness, and we've got uh, really a two-part book of Kings. In your Bibles, it will show us 1st and 2nd Kings, really two parts of the same book. Uh, We're going to be looking at Kings. I'm really looking forward to a fascinating dialogue in those books, longer books, a bit of a deviation from some of what we've been covering recently. Uh, But before we get into that dialogue, or before we get into that discussion, I just want to introduce our guest back again here this week on the podcast, Daryl DeGraff, one of FBC's longtime adult teachers. And uh, recently he was on the podcast for Deuteronomy, so we're not going to be going back through his his uh, bio, if you will. If, if, you, if you listened to that episode, you heard his story. If you haven't listened to the episode on Deuteronomy, you can go back and find Daryl's bio, hear a little bit about him. Um, but, but welcome back to the podcast, Daryl. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you. We're glad. I'm looking forward to it. Good deal. We're glad to have you back. I'm glad that you were willing to do this all over again. Uh, the first one I thought went really well. Listeners, hopefully you enjoyed hearing from Daryl in the book of Deuteronomy a few weeks ago. Um, but before we get into this book of First and Second Kings and we address that in the Old Testament, let me just remind you that this last Sunday, Tom covered Hebrews 13 verses 1 through 6. If you missed that message, let me just remind you, you can go to our website and find it, faithbiblelincoln.org, or you can follow our Sermons Feed podcast, just Search for Faith Bible Church, Lincoln, Nebraska, wherever you get your podcasts, and you can catch up on any past messages at the church, whether Tom's preaching or somebody else is in the pulpit, catch up on our series and catch up on Hebrews as we continue to move through that book and, and are getting close to the end of our study in the book of Hebrews. All right, well, Daryl, let's let's dive into Kings here. Um, odds are our listeners are familiar with the book of Kings. I mean, the, the title kind of gives away some of what this book is about, uh, but we're going to try to proceed as if our listeners don't know this book overly well. So these books of First and Second Kings that we find in our Bibles, what's the occasion? What's the situation of these books? So I think that um, what happens with Kings is it actually continues the narrative started back even in, in uh, Samuel, um, because this isn't the first we read about the kings. In fact, the, the kingdom is well underway by this time. If you mm-hmm. notice the opening words of kings, it says, now King David was old and advanced in years. Mm-hmm. And he reigned for 40 years, and before him, Saul reigned. So the kingdom even, uh, as, as we think of a kingdom with a king, um, who unfortunately here is not God, right. Um, right. Um, starts way back at chapter 9 in, uh, in 1 Samuel. So there's a lot of, of kingdom that's gone on already. And, and Kings basically carries that forth. Now that's distinct, though, uh, from Chronicles, which we'll see later, uh, it has a whole different sort of emphasis. In fact, you'll see in, in uh, Kings that um, uh, it sort of moves back and forth between the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah. Mm-hmm. And uh, because they're reigning at the same time, just over different parts of the, um, of the country, well, once... Um, after Solomon that mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's... Uh, 
but the narrative continues in, in the listing of the kings. And the thing to never forget as you're uh, reading through this is that the nation itself is a theocracy. It's not like the United States. Mm. <laughs> because as much as you know, we like to talk about maybe being a nation under God, and we even print it on our money and stuff like that, uh, it's not a theocracy in the same way, even if we could call it that, um, that Israel was. Mm-hmm. There, God was the ruler of that nation, the ultimate ruler, even as he's the ultimate ruler over everything mm-hmm. on the earth. So um, it's very much a, a focused uh, theocracy. And for that reason, as you read through Kings, I'm probably going further than you expected me to go here. <laughs> no, go for it. Go for it. I'll follow um, you. As you read through Kings, keep your eye out always for God's evaluation mm. of the Kings. Um, as, you, as you read them, usually what will happen, and not, not necessarily for the first few, but it becomes very apparent as you move on. And you'll see this in Chronicles as well. Um, it'll, a, a king's reign will start out with, and this one ascended to the throne, and, and maybe his mother's name was this, and he ruled this many years. And then it will evaluate, even before you've read about him, mm. what his king uh, kingdom was like. How did he rule? And you'll see it captured in this phrase, usually in our translations, in the eyes of the Lord. Mm. So, um, so he did evil in the eyes of the Lord, or he did right in the eyes of the Lord, mm. or alternatives to that, or he was like his father David, mm-hmm. or not like his father David did, yeah. something yeah. like that. So, so there's an evaluation of these kings as we go along. So it's not just recording a history, Mm. it's recording a theology Mm. of how a king should rule. Um, I got lots more to say on that, but (laughs) we'll we'll save it for a a little while. I I think, yeah, I think that that primes it really well. (laughs) Listeners, if you've been with us, or obviously if you're familiar with the Old Testament, you know where we're at in the story. You know, you're talking about continuing this story, right? The, The Pentateuch establishes and sets up this people of Israel, right? We've got this, this, this newly fledged nation that God has brought out of captivity. He's formed, he's raised up, he's committed these promises to this family, and they're ready to enter the promised land after the, the Pentateuch. We went through Joshua and Judges where the people enter the land, where the people conquer, not completely, but conquer the inhabitants, and then Judges where things kind of spin out of control as the people begin to walk away from God, and he raises up Judges, right? We had a week on, on Ruth, this kind of divergence a little bit as we get this kinsman-redeemer idea, and and then to your point, First and Second Samuel establishes, they say, we want a king, right? right? We want a king. We want to be just like the nations around us. So God says, okay, I'll give you a king. You're still a theocracy, but I'll give you a king if that's really what you want. And then we have this king's book that really does go through the rest of the kings in many ways and evaluates how they're doing. Right. <laughs> like, I love right. that you notice that, like, because that is really the idea is, are they going to walk like David? who the primary of the book of Samuel was about, obviously Saul there as well, or are they not going to walk like David? Right. That's kind of the paradigm. Are they going to live according to the law? Or are they not going to live according to the law, everything that's gone before? Okay, so we know that this is the situation. We've got number of years with different kings. You've already mentioned the split, and so I want to make sure we take a moment and talk about this split because we're familiar in Samuel at this point with one nation of Israel, right? These 12 tribes that God brought out that formed a nation, 
and the split takes place. So walk us through kind of how the book of First and Kings is laid out and, and how the story is told. Sure. So the first nine chapters of what we call First Kings is devoted completely to Solomon. And um, <laughs> the opening chapter, there's intrigue <laughs> mm-hmm. because um, um, another one of the sons of David, Adonijah, um, is trying to take the throne. And like Bathsheba and um, Nathan the prophet, you know, they're like, you know, I thought David said that Solomon was going to be king, but is he not? So they actually go in and, and say to David, um, it's sort of staged, too, so that, you know, it will really hit David hard. Mm. Um, that, you know, this other your, one of your sons is, is taking the kingdom. And didn't you say this? Mm. And he said, absolutely, because that's what God said. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so there's a lot of intrigue in the beginning of it. And then um, also David is coming to the end of his life, and, and he'll talk about, you know, when I'm gone, this, these are guys that you need to take care of mm. because, um, for example, in the case of Joab, he killed these two guys who were innocent. He killed them in peacetime, and you don't want him mm. uh, here as, as leading your armies. Yeah. Um, and also that um, other guy, I can't remember his name, he, was, uh, he cursed David when he was running from Absalom. Mm, I can't mm-hmm. remember what his name mm-hmm. is yeah. um, off the top of my head. And, uh, and David says, so you want to watch out for him too. Yeah. And so um, David or, uh, Solomon takes care of them. But David also says of this one guy who fed him and his army when they were running, um, Barzillai, mm. I think his name was. And um, he says... Let him always sit at your table <laughs> because yeah. he took care of me. So, yeah. so David uh, sort of sets things up for Solomon, how he should start his reign. And then um, very quickly, I, um, he moves into, um, it moves into the um, building of the temple. Yep. And it's yep. not the conversation isn't actually initiated by uh, Solomon. It's actually initiated, it looks like to me anyway, by Hiram. And I, I think there's a lot that goes on. And we, you can read this uh, more in detail in Chronicles, um, how, how things get set up for the making of the um, uh, temple. But in, in Kings, it looks like it's initiated more by uh, by Hiram, who's going, who wants to send stuff to to help build the temple, and then up through um, the next few chapters in uh, First Kings, we have Solomon building the temple, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the the part that is, I mean, you you can read through all that a lot of detail. Don't get tired reading it because it's all a picture of where you're going to be someday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, um, so take, take, uh, take interest in it and notice it because um, it's, it speaks to our heavenly abode in some respects. Um, but um, the, the part that is striking is when they dedicate the temple. Yeah. And uh, Solomon... Uh, says this prayer at the dedication. Uh, there's, there's more to it, but um, there, there's some stuff that precedes it. But the bulk of his prayer is related to what the purpose really of the, of the temple is. 
And a lot of it starts, you know, if, if you read through it, these paragraphs will start out, well, if a man sins against his neighbor, or if your people Israel are defeated before the enemy because they've sinned, or heaven is shut up and there's no rain because they have sinned against you, these sort of things, um, that he um, prays that God will turn his face toward his people when they pray toward the temple here, and that God will answer. And it, and it sounds like it's almost idolatry to say pray toward the temple. But remember, the Holy of Holies is the footstool of God. Mm-hmm. So you're expecting mm-hmm. God to be there yeah. to, to meet yeah. his people. Um, and, and you read this and you go, yes, Solomon. Yes, Solomon. That's right. That's right. Um, and then God appears to him and he's, um, and this is in chapter nine of First Kings, and uh, says to him, "So, so everything that you said is right on, and I will look to this place as long as you listen to me and mm-hmm. obey my word. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you do, I will bless you, and I will look to you, and I will turn to you constantly. But if you don't," Um, I will uproot you. Mm. Um, You kind of ask yourself, well, why did he say that? But when when you come to Chronicles, you'll notice that David warns his son numerous times about the... Uh, the need to remain faithful to the Lord, to, to keep his commandments, to do what he says. And, and then you have God doing the same thing with Solomon. So you ask yourself, well, what's going on? Um, and I think there's already the, the hint, and maybe we're not catching it. I mean, I, I don't think I ever did, until you come to the 11th chapter of Kings, and it says, now King Solomon loved many foreign women. Mm-hmm. And he lists all of these uh, women from from the area um, who belonged, who were daughters of the nations that Israel was supposed to drive out. So then it says, for Solomon was uh, when Solomon was old, his wives turned his heart after other gods, and his heart was not wholly true to the Lord, mm-hmm. his God, as was the heart of his father David. Hear that phrase that I was talking about before? You yeah. know, so he's yeah. the. He's getting evaluation from uh, how the Lord sees him. For Solomon went after, and then it lists all these foreign gods. And so God is angry with him because his heart was turned away. You can read that in verse 9 of the same chapter. And uh, his intention then is to uh, take away part of the kingdom from Solomon. Now, God had promised that, God, that David would always have one, someone to sit on the throne. So he's not going to take everything. Yeah. He'll leave him one tribe, which, which sort of, I think, turns out to be two, because I think mm-hmm. it ends up being Judah and Benjamin, yeah. um, really. Uh, but he'll take that away and give it to um, someone else to be king over. And, um, and it's... This causes the split in the nation, and then we end up having Judah, the southern kingdom, and Israel, the northern kingdom. Um, The writer will go back and forth between the kings of the north and the kings of the south, the kings of Israel, the kings of Judah, and uh, we'll see their reign, how they reigned, um, uh, and evaluation of them as uh, kings. Very few of them are given in any great detail. 
but some that are exceptionally good, mm-hmm. um, like Jehoshaphat. Um, Asa gets something really short, but he was a really good king in most respects mm-hmm. until the end. Um, there are um, other kings, Uzziah, who also was a good king, um, um, but blew it near the end of his life when he wanted to take fire into the uh, or uh, incense into the um, temple. Yep. Um, and then, of course, you've got probably the most well-known of all the really nasty kings, and that's Ahab. Um, and there's a long section of, on him in uh, Kings as well. Yep. Uh, and then uh, I, I think that's as far as you actually ask me to go. So I'll stop right there for a moment. Yeah, and that, that kind of carries the story through. You know, obviously right. we get so many stories here. I mean, there's right. how many chapters between the two? I'm sitting here going like, uh, we've got 22 see. chapters in First Kings and... Uh, 20, 20, 25 in Second Kings. Okay, so, so we 47 got chapters yes. between the two, a very long section of Israel's history. Right. Uh, this divided nation going back and forth between... And to your point, most of them are bad, you know. The, right. the, the northern kingdom basically doesn't have any good kings, and the southern kingdom is hit or miss. Yeah, they're, they're really not good kings in the northern kingdom, but... Um, the Lord still loves them. Yes. And the yes. Lord still protects them, and they're still his people. And he's still trying to turn them back because when an invader comes in, the intention, again, is to turn his people to him. Okay, so that's really the way the book is organized. We see this, we see this question being raised in many ways. We see this asking from David on, is this the king that's been promised? You know, we see this constant, did he walk like David? Well, was Solomon going to be that king? Well, no, he fails. And how about this king? Is he going to be that king? Well, no, he fails. And we see this long kind of going on of of this idea, and one after another, fail to be the king Israel really needed. But we see these hints of, if you would turn to me, I would send a savior. I'll I'll prepare for what you need. Okay, so then as we're reading this story, there's, to your point, there's so many kings, there's so many stories. We get Elijah and Elisha, and we get all these, all these stories packed in so, many, so much of Israel's history right. in, this, in these books. How do we go about reading these books, aside from just a historical lesson? The way you should read it is, well, where is this king? When is he going to come? Mm-hmm. You know, we're seeing all of these guys. Some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Even David, the one to whom a lot of them are, can be compared, yeah. was not perfect. Yeah. You know, he, he had the Bathsheba adultery and, and killing of uh, her husband Uriah. So, where, you know, where is the goodness, mm. <laughs> so to speak, in David? But his heart was devoted to the Lord, and that's what God is looking for. Yeah. And you even heard that back, you know, in, in Samuel uh, when Saul makes this offering and and then yep. finally <clears throat> Samuel shows up and and he says to them well you know the thing that god wants isn't sacrifices <laughs> he wants you mm-hmm. <laughs> so he you know what the way you should be reading this is here are the here are the kings of israel um but are they devoting themselves to the lord do they love the lord do they do they see themselves in fact in the line of the one who will ultimately reign. And to know that God is still working with his people. He hasn't, 
He hasn't abandoned them yet, um, as you mentioned before, over you know hundreds of years. Yeah. You know, and and these horrible leaders, but God is still working with them. You know, I mean, again, throughout the whole book of Kings, the question has been, when will God send that king? That's the right. The one he's been promising. Well, now you're forced to ask the question, well, now they're not even in the land. How, right. how is God possibly going to get them back to the land right. and then send the king That's that right. he promised he was going to send them? Which is precisely where I want to go with the next question. We've, we've got to talk about how this book points us to Christ. How, how does this lead us to the person and work of Christ, First and Second Kings? Well, I think first of all is the recognition that the human kings um, can never measure up. Um, even as good, like we say, that David was, and even as good as Solomon was for a good part of his life, um, were good kings in many respects. Um, they weren't the perfect king. Um, and they weren't the one that ultimately God wants to sit on the throne. So we should look at them and go, where is the righteous king? Where is the king who will lead in an eternal kingdom, a kingdom that will never end? Obviously, the whole book is just begging for Christ, you know, Absolutely. the one who will. And, and the New Testament picks up on so many of those themes That's right. and ties it back together as far as yeah. what Christ's role will be in all of that. You've already spoken here briefly, so as we get to wrap up here, I want to make sure we talk about what does God want me to do? Like, what, what, is the, what is the application? What are we supposed to understand? What are we supposed to believe having read the books of First and Second Kings in our own lives? Well, I suppose the first thing that we should think of is, am I like that guy? Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or am I like that guy? Yeah. And, you know, say, well, you know, Lord, increase my devotion to you. So we should be submitting ourselves to him to walk in his ways and how he wants us to be. It's, it's very much we see um, in some ways like, like Christ's parable of, of the sower, different sorts of hearts, yeah. different sorts of yep. play. We see that played out so well in the different kings. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, some, we see examples of repentance. We see examples of hard-heartedness. We see examples of, of people being led astray like Solomon off mm-hmm. into other things who yep. started off well but yep. don't end well. Good point, um, yeah. So much of that played out in... Good and bad examples throughout the book of First and Second Kings. Right. Um, well, listeners, like I said, there's a there's a lot here. We've tackled a tremendous number of chapters in First and Second Kings. A ton of Israel's history is contained in these books. Um, it does include the continuation of the story coming from the establishment of the kings in First and Second Kings. We see the split of Israel and Judah here in this book. We see Solomon's early reign, his eventual failure, the split of the country, and then the ongoing evaluation of these kings in the northern and southern tribes uh, throughout really the rest of the book of First and Second Kings as we go. And again, I, I love that you're noting that theme. The, the point is God is evaluating these kings. Did they walk like David did or did they not walk like David did? Did they walk the way they were supposed to in accordance right. with the law or did they walk away from God and their devotion to him? Uh, that being really the primary drumbeat of this book. And, and just serving as this reminder that even the best kings in First and Second Kings are not the king. Next week, listeners, stay tuned as Daryl will be back on the podcast. We'll be covering First and Second Chronicles and how the story is uniquely told through a different lens, how the story is very, very different. It isn't just a repeat, and we're going to be filling you in a little bit more on that. Um, let me just leave you with a couple of things here before we wrap up this week on the podcast. Remember, this coming Sunday, Tom will be tackling the rest of Hebrews 13. He's going to be looking at verses 7 through 25. I would encourage you to take a look at those verses and then join us at our services on Sunday at either 9 o'clock or 1030 
Liberty. We'd love to see you there. I also just want to put a bug in your ear here real briefly. Uh, coming up, we have our Good Friday service on Friday night at 6.30 p.m. We'd love to have you join us for that service. Easter services will be 9 and 10.30 as normal. And then I also want to just mention real quickly, um, Tom's final service with us uh, is coming up here as well. It will be at 10 o'clock at Lincoln Christian Schools. We'll be meeting over there. Um, hopefully, you'll get the chance to join us for that. We'd love to have you there. It'll be a good time as we wrap up, really, Tom's 29-year tenure here at Faith Bible Church. I'm sure it'll be an emotional service. It'll be a good one, and we'd love to have you join us. So thanks for taking the time to listen. Uh, this week, if it's been helpful to you, remember you can share it, rate it, or comment on it to help other people find it. And we hope you join us again next week for First and Second Chronicles on Midweek in the Word. Thanks for taking time to join us for Midweek in the Word. To hear previous podcast episodes, be sure to follow, like, and subscribe wherever you find your podcasts. To learn more about Faith Bible Church, please visit our website at www.faithbiblelincoln.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Faith Bible Lincoln or tweet us at FBC Lincoln. And now we leave you with these encouraging words from Hebrews 12. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith.